yeah. Smith's the encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, lock on. Peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to a Thursday night, 8 p.m. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Jeff the Joker. Two Jersey guys are going to sit down here and talk about some sports, mainly about the NFL and things going on around the NFL. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220. It's a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. We'll also have a chat room sitting out there for you. Jump in the chat room, ask a question, make a statement or a comment in there. Um, and uh, it, will, it will be addressed. Uh, remember, what you put in it is what you get out of it. So without further ado, Let's bring in my fellow Jersey guy, the the uh, brother from another mother. Hello, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, Jerry. What's going on? Well, there's a lot going on. And, and, and Jeff, right off the bat, we're not going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. I'm telling you right now. We're not going <laughs> to talk about it. We're I'm not going to talk about it. I'm fine not, with that. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything else but that. Anyway, um... <clears throat> 15 games. Uh, one was playing yesterday because of uh, the impending uh, storm that's hitting uh, Florida, I think, as we speak. Uh, was played. Uh, they moved it up uh, yesterday for the Washington Redskins, I think, and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But every other team in the NFL is playing their last preseason game. So guys that are on the roster bubble, whether they're rookies, undrafted free agents, or vets that are trying to hang on to a NFL career, this is the time for the most of them, with the exception of a few teams, and I'll name them, that are um, playing for the NFL lives. If you uh, have any aspirations or hanging on to a team, or possibility getting to another team because you got, you got to put it on tape. Um, I know he didn't coin the phrase, but um, uh, uh, um, the coach from Pittsburgh, and I can't believe I can't Mike Tomlin coined the phrase, put it on tape. Uh, I didn't say he coined it, but, but he, he, he's good for saying that. Uh, a lot of these players, a lot of them, um, they got to get down to 53, I think, to, uh, this weekend, uh, from 90 to 75 to 53 is, is the breakdown from the increments that they have to get down to, plus whoever they have on a practice squad. And I think they've expanded it to um, 10 or 12 players on a practice squad versus seven that they had, they had previously. Anyway, people are playing for their NFL lives today. Some people. With the exception, and I'll name them, Jeff, of the Cleveland Browns, who are supposed to be playing as if it's the second or third preseason game because Hugh Jackson was extremely disappointed and not too happy about the uh, level of play um, uh, team-wise that that was uh, put out on the field last week. And from what I understand, he said uh, that everyone's playing. Um, and also, uh, Tom Brady. Why? I don't know. But Tom Brady is playing in the fourth preseason game, something he hasn't done from what I understand since 2003. Um, 
playing in a, in wow. a, in a, a f- fourth preseason game. So, um, well, I don't know who else. Me, I, I know why he's I, – I assume he's playing in a fourth preseason game because he's not going to be with the team for the next month. So, uh, they wanted him to get some work, you know, I guess, before his uh, month-long vacation. I understand that. But, Jeff, just just think about this. Um, what what Bless you. What good is it going to do for Tom Brady to get in maybe a, a quarter, maybe a half of snaps with the first team and jeopardize, just check this out, jeopardize his teammates that are first teamers from getting hurt and getting into the regular season and playing those four games before he gets on the field in the fifth game. Um, what sense does it make for Tom Brady to play when you're going to be sitting for a month? So all the reps that you got up until this point is a mute point because you got to basically start all over again when you get to the fourth fourth week going into the fifth week when you can practice. So – I don't know what kind of sense it makes. I mean, I guess I understand it because it's Tom Brady and his coach is going to give him that luxury of playing in here so he can get a taste of some more football before he sits for a month. But if it was me, and if it was, and the only reason I think that – Anybody that's on the first team is playing because Tom Brady's out there. If it was me, I would resent it because the fact is, and it, I know it's Tom Brady, but we're going into the regular season. Tom Brady's not playing the first, second, third, or fourth game. I am if I'm a, if I'm a lineman or, or a tight end or whoever. I'm playing. Why should I jeopardize I know I'm a football player. I know I'm just supposed to do as I told. But for the most part, first-teamers don't play in the fourth game because of the simple fact they can get hurt. And it could be a season-ending injury, very simply, because it's football. So I would resent the fact is I know it's Tom Brady, but, Tom, you got to think more about yourself. you got to think more about the team than about yourself. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that, Jeff, but talk to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's good points, but I guess, uh, you know, uh, Belichick thought it was worth it. So, uh, you know, Brady is, uh, was watching a the game. They're playing uh, the Giants in East Rutherford. So, uh, you know, Brady's nuts. I mean, he he's a guy who, uh, you know, after – many years in the league and a lot of success wants to take uh, he he'd want to take all the snaps in practice he you know he's so insecure he doesn't want the backup to get any reps but then again right. he's not the boss Belichick is the boss mm-hmm. um but uh i guess uh Belichick thought it was worthy so you know he's he's in there and uh you know the thing is yeah the starters don't usually play the fourth game but uh you know, you can't put these guys in a plastic bubble, you know. So I guess Belichick uh, thinks it's worth, the, you know, the slight risk. Well, well you're, going, bless you, you're going into the regular season. You want to go into regular season with as healthy a squad as you possibly um, can, um, can have. Uh, don't need to take unnecessary risks. I know you, about playing in a bubble, but. You don't you don't want to take unnecessary risks and put players at risk when on the other side meaning the Giants are having uh maybe the Giants don't play their first teamers. They play the second, third and, and guys that are on the roster bubble. And these guys are going balls to the wall because they have nothing to lose, um or everything to lose I should say if they're on the bubble of trying to win an NFL roster spot. Why put your first teamers at risk for that? Uh, Guys that don't have the same ability 
and the same know-how as a guy that's either um, been around for a while and, and is a starter um, or shown a, a, uh, enough ability if, there's a rook, if they're a rookie that they shouldn't be in there because you want a full, healthy squad or as, as close to, to that as possible. To me, it 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 it, uh, um, the, it doesn't it doesn't uh, doesn't make any sense to me. And some teams do it, um, and, and most of the teams, just like I said, I named the Cleveland Browns. Those are the type of teams, because I've always believed this, and uh, for the most part, it holds true. Good teams um, only play the starters a minimal amount of time. Um, don't really care about wins and losses because they have a winning tradition. And just trying to fine tune um, parts and weaknesses in their in their team. Bad teams are trying to uh, uh, um, uh, cultivate a winning environment, a winning culture, and 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 value preseason wins that much more to build the confidence and, and the of the um, players, whether they're new players or existing players, especially with a new coaching staff going in and have a positive mindset going into the season. So when you have teams that try as hard as they might to make a good showing at every game and, and, and try to win those games, um, in my opinion, you put your players more at risk than teams that are just trying to fine-tune their um, team and not put – their players at risk and only play them a minimal amount of times they feel they deem necessary to get them ready for the regular season. So Cleveland Browns, God, uh, just hope that none of your major players get hurt and you go into the season minus that major player. Hopefully, if it is, it's for a short time, and hopefully it's not a season-ending injury. Um, I'm just – uh want to see Jeff what players that we would think would would uh, um uh be on a roster because there's always a shock Jeff about some players getting cut whether it's on the defensive offensive side of the ball players getting cut um and then they they have to scramble or try to latch on to another team uh at the beginning of the season uh What's your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns going full bore tonight? You know, um, it, it might be necessary, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't really watched them in the preseason. Uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson is, is using it as some kind of motivational tool. Uh, you know, um I'll tell you that it just ever since Cleveland came back into the league, I think they've only been to the playoffs once. So, uh, yep. you know, maybe you, you know, and it's funny. I think uh, not that I'm a Cleveland fan, but you hate to see a team lose year after year. So, uh, it, it'd be nice for the people of Cleveland because uh, it's a good football town, and uh, it'd be nice if uh, you know they could have a winning season or two uh, because uh, they definitely support the team. So. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of parity in the NFL, but despite that, you know, you could have a team that could go a decade, you know, uh, without a winning season. Uh, the Raiders, you know, they went a long time without winning. Uh, right. Jacksonville right now, it looks like Jacksonville's getting ready to turn it around, but they, you know, they've, they've gone a while without winning. And Cleveland, uh, you know, they've been losing a lot. Well, Jeff... Um, not because they're in the same division. Um, they, I, I, to me, they have to prove it to me. And I'm talking about Jacksonville. I'm not one to jump on a Jacksonville bandwagon. I still think they got to uh, uh, um, uh, do more on the defensive side of the ball to prove it to me. Um, I may be completely wrong in my thinking. Uh, I know they made a lot of changes, um, but uh, the last time I saw them play, and it was a the third third week, 
they look like the bad news bears on the offense uh, and not too much better on the defense. So, and that was, a, that was a starting team. That was the, 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 uh, the ones and, and uh, including Blake Bortles and his crew of wide receivers and running backs. So they have to prove it to me. Uh, I'm not one to jump on that bandwagon. And especially I have mixed feelings of like about Blake Bortles. Um, he may take a step back or uh, uh, he may take a step forward. I'm not the one to, um, to, to think that he's going to be on the positive side. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, um, a few things that took place are, are, are taking place. One of my favorite running backs um, over the last few years, I had uh, called this guy out. Oh, my God. At least four years ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, made a lot of people aware of this guy. Uh, And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I made a lot of people aware of this guy before he exploded onto the scene uh, in Kansas City. Uh, And he's coming coming back from his second uh, ACL injury. He uh, uh, is is approaching that um, dreaded age for a running back. And uh, reports out of Kansas City is that uh, Jamal Charles, who I haven't drafted in any of my fantasy leagues, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it, um, certainly won't make a start in week one. Um, He may get uh, some limited carries, maybe, but it looks like uh, um, there may be a running back by committee uh, in Kansas City because of Jamal Charles' uh, slow recovery rate. What's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, you know, I mean, my thing is with fantasy, I, I don't like to roll the dice with the early picks, so uh, I've been staying away from Jamal Charles in drafts, even in mocks, because uh, just on principle. And, uh, you know, I remember when... Uh, Adrian Peterson came back, you know, pretty quick and, you know, as good as he was before from the ACL. But that's unique because guys are talking like all of a sudden, you know, we reach this breakthrough and guys would come back, you know, terrific from ACL. Well, AP is exceptional. You know, I mean, yep, yep. you're talking the best of the best. And, you know, it's kind of like saying, oh, well, Albert Einstein could figure out the theory of relativity. How come other scientists can't? You know what I'm saying? So uh, that that was a little too soon. And I, I think besides just uh, Peterson being, you know, really uh, athletically gifted and blessed and, and whatever, it, uh, you know, he might have caught a few breaks because once in a while there's an issue uh, afterwards. Because I remember after uh, – Tom Brady's knee injury, there was an infection and he had to have the surgery redone. You know, those things can happen. You could have setbacks in the rehab. Um, so, um, you know, the, these, you know, a major knee surgery, even now with, with the, you know, modern technology is, uh, is no joke, you know, and uh, I think this is still true. A lot of times they say a guy might play the next year, but he's really not back to what he was until uh, the year, the following year. So, uh, you know, it stinks because, you know, uh, Jamal Charles is a very good player, exciting player, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's mm-hmm. flesh and blood. So, yep. um, you know, uh, you know, so fantasy secondary, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, his knee will be in good shape and he'll uh, be able to carry a full workload. Talking about a full workload, we're going to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Thomas Rawls, who burst on the scene last uh, last season when uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, went down, um, sustained an injury late in the season, uh, and uh, in, in my estimation, has been a slow recovery um, coming back. Hasn't played in any preseason games. I think he's supposed to get some work today in, in a preseason game, uh, which to me is um, playing with fire, but it is what it is. I guess he needs some reps in live play, whatever it is. Um, is 
for the last few days that uh, um, Pete Carroll has been questioned. He's told the reporters that um, Thomas Rawls is going to be the starter. Now, it's going to be interesting because the guy that I've liked ever since he got into the league, um, but it has been very, I shouldn't say very, has been extremely immature and and not uh, not enough professional um, professionalism in him to uh, um, stay on Seattle. Um, then he was with, with the uh, the uh, Cowboys before he got released from the Cowboys. Talking about Christian Michael has been balling out this uh, preseason and turning the heads and winning the praise of coaches and players alike back on the Seahawks about uh, how much of a changed man and how much uh, they're impressed with uh, his play. I got to think that even though Pete Carroll says Thomas Rawls is a starter, Thomas Rawls is coming off an injury um, and really hasn't had enough reps to warrant being a starter coming fresh out of the gate. Uh, I got to believe that it's going to be a timeshare for a time, if, if at all, or, or if it's not, I mean, if it's going to change at all, I should say, um, and that uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who run the ball quite a bit when they had Marshawn Lynch, and I still believe that they're going to run the ball, even though I think because of what Russell Wilson has shown, they're going to try to do um, – Something what the Jets did um, years ago when Mark Sanchez uh, was first burst on the scene. The Jets, uh, and this is just a reference here, the Jets had ground and pound um, with Mark Sanchez, the rookie and a second-year player. Um, took him to um, some playoffs, um, and some games and some wins, and then got the bright idea got the bright idea that, hey, we have a strong defense. We have a very good running game. How about we switch, flip the switch and give the ball to Mark Sanchez to throw the ball around? And that backfired because once you did that, it obviously was the bad, bad choice because of uh, Mark Sanchez not being able to rise to the occasion and being very mistake-prone. Now, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is going to do that, but the formula and the scenario is basically the same. Run the football, play sound defense, and, t- and minimize what your quarterback mistakes can be. To me because they don't have Marshawn Lynch. They're going to run the football, but I think they're going to put the ball more in Russell Wilson's hand. Now, I'm not saying he's Mark Sanchez, but when you have a formula that works, if it, if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What's your thoughts, Jeff? You know, I, I see Seattle becoming a, a more balanced offense, uh, and I think it was starting to happen late last year with uh, when Lynch was uh, – was missing games. Um, they were passing a lot more. I mean, Russell Wilson has developed, and I think uh, that defense might decline a little, which might give them more reason to pass. So I definitely see that becoming a more balanced offense because even if a team keeps a nucleus together, it's not the same year after year because the parts change, guys develop, some players decline, you know, you lose guys, you gain guys. So, uh, um, I, I see. I definitely see that uh, them throwing the ball more. Definitely. All right. Speaking of throwing the ball, <laughs> I I I gotta just you know when I saw this happen, I just shook my head. I, and I shook. I just shook my head. Um. The guy doesn't get it. You sit back in a pocket. You take limited snaps. You're, you're a very fragile quarterback. Why? Instead of just going down and live to play another, another down, you decide to take off with the football, thinking that you're the 20, 
35-year-old Tony Romo versus the 36, 37-year-old Tony Romo who's been broke up the last two or three years. And what happens? He gets broke up, and it looks like he's going to get eight to ten weeks to think about it. And that's just maybe he comes back after eight to ten weeks. Now you have a rookie in Dak Prescott who looked very impressive in the preseason. Um, Next week, next Thursday to be exact, is when the regular season starts a week from today. The real bullets fly. The the so-called vanilla defenses won't be anymore. Real defenses, blitz packages, and the like are going to be coming at Dak Prescott. My my, this is a twofold thing here. I got Jeff, Tony Romo. What kind of? I know he's a darling of the Cowboys, especially Jerry Jones. I know that. I know that. But sooner or later, um, you got a lot of money invested in this guy, and you're not getting a return on your investment. Sooner or later, you're gonna have the cut bait. As as tough as it may be, you're gonna have the cut bait because you're not getting the production. Um, from the guy, if if if, if the, the whole thing about um, uh, you got to be available, and he's not available because he's always getting hurt one way or the other, clavicle, back, uh, whatever. What's your thoughts on Tony Romo making a return this year, and his future if Dak Prescott falls out? You know, I mean, I, I agree with you about Romo. I mean, it's obvious, you know, he physically hasn't been able to play the position, and you can't underestimate the importance of that. Um, uh, now, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, I'm usually on a computer when we're doing the show, but I'm in bed right now because my back is killing me. So, mm-hmm. uh, I hope you feel uh, better. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, I'm I'm already starting to feel better, but I said, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm going to just stay on my back because I don't want to sit. So, uh, uh, so I won't be able to look smart by looking stuff up on the computer in the middle of the show. <laughs> so I'll just That's be a right. dumb show for me. Don't, so don't worry about it. Is, don't worry about it. You know, I've been impressed with that Dallas offensive line, um, which is a huge asset. And uh, the thing is, though, Despite that offensive line, they stunk last year without Romo. And I think back to the two of the best offensive lines in the 80s and the early 90s were uh, the Redskins and the Buffalo Bills. And those teams, when they changed quarterbacks, they they barely skipped the beat. You know, they changed uh, halfbacks, barely right. skipped the beat. And, right. you know, if this Dallas uh, offensive line is so great, okay, you know uh, – Matt Castle is not as good as Tony Romo, but you think they could have won some more games, you know? Now, the thing is with quarterback, more so than any other position, it's tough to bring in guys off the street. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone available who's familiar with the Cowboys' uh, offensive system because that's huge. If you're going to bring in somebody, try to bring in somebody who knows the system because – I mean, as soon as uh, Kellen Moore got hurt, he was, you know, they already knew he was an important backup because he was playing behind an injury-prone Romo. As soon as he got hurt, everybody was saying, oh, they got to bring in another guy. You know, who's behind uh, Prescott? Because Romo won't be able to play for a while. I mean, you got to get somebody behind Prescott because, uh, you know, you know, what if he gets banged up? Even if it's not for a whole game, they're going to need somebody to take the snaps. Uh, so I guess that's why there's talk of uh, Sanchez, but I don't think they're going to trade for Sanchez because then they're going to be on the hook for a high salary. Um, uh, you know, uh, they think there's uh, McCown might be available, but I'll tell you, you know, Cleveland looks like they're building for the future, but... Uh, uh, with his injury history and the way that RG3 plays, uh, you know, having McCown on, on the team is an asset. 
I don't know if I'd be in a hurry to trade that guy. And Cleveland already has enough draft picks. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, makes makes you wonder. But, you know, Dallas, they really should get somebody behind uh, Prescott, you know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Good, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you know, and also a similar situation. Minnesota, they got behind Sean Hill. They got uh, uh, an undrafted rookie free agent. So, uh, but, you know, it's it's tough to, you know, to bring in these guys off the street because when, you know, uh, one game stands out, when, when a guy like that is forced into action. I remember once the Giants brought in Tommy Maddox during the season and Dave Brown was having a really bad game, even by Dave Brown standards. And, uh, Maddox was even worse. I mean, that that was one of the worst showings ever by an NFL quarterback. But in defense of Maddox, you know, he hadn't been to training camp with the team. He hadn't been with them that long. Um, and it makes you wonder why they even put him in there. But once in a while, they put in a guy like that out of necessity, and it's frequently not pretty. Yeah, do you know, um, there's, there's a... Um, Inexperienced guys behind um, Dak Prescott right now, and um, you're right. They they have to get a veteran, some type of veteran presence in there, just in case Dak uh, uh, doesn't do well or gets hurt. Um, I mean, preseason is preseason, uh, and 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 uh, the regular season is a whole different story. All right, let's move on to a uh, – uh, you had alluded to it uh, briefly, and I want to talk about it. Uh, Vikings placed uh, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater on ending, excuse me, injured reserve ending his season. Um, he suffered a completely torn ACL, dislocated knee, and other structural damage. Quite naturally, at Tuesday's practice, it was uh, a gruesome sight. Guys were extremely upset. They immediately uh, um, cut the practice short. Um, he, he's supposed to have a, a lengthy rehab once uh, he, he gets his um, operation uh, done, which is probably going to be an extensive operation on his leg. Uh, supposedly, from what I heard, the Minnesota um, training staff it needs to be applauded because uh, what they did in, I guess, stabilizing him or doing whatever they needed to do to uh, help Teddy Bridgewater, uh, even though he got um, um, carted out of there, so to speak, um, from an ambulance. So someone called 911 um, that it saved his leg and possibly saved his career um, from a non-contact injury. So, uh it, it must have been a, uh, a gruesome sight for the guys, just like I said, because they were so upset. Um, and uh, quite naturally, because of that, the I guess the coaching staff who showed some compassion, Mount Mike Zimmer showed some compassion, decided to cut the practice off after that. And uh, so guys can, can gather themselves and get themselves together uh, for the next day or whatever. But Teddy Rip Bridgewater who uh, his arrow was, was pointing up, who uh, a lot of people thought that he was going to uh, make a uh, big transition from last year to this year. Um, he was pushing the ball downfield uh, with accuracy, um, and uh, it looked like uh, things were going to be hopeful in Minnesota uh, with Super Bowl aspirations, with the kind of defense that they had and the offense that they were building around AP with Teddy Bridgewater and the young receivers that they had. Uh, now they have to deal with Sean Hill, uh, a 15-year veteran. He, I, I can't believe he's been around that long, but he has been around for 15 seasons. Um, so he's been in a lot of offenses. He's seen a lot of defenses uh, um, and, and an old wily veteran. Uh, but he's not a – starting quarterback, even though he is now pushed because of injury. He's a starting quarterback. But for his career, he's been a career backup. Just like I said, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a career backup. Josh McCown is a career backup. Um, Even though that now Sean Hill's starting, 
and Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting uh, again with the New York Jets. But uh, we're talking about Sean Hill and Teddy Bridgewater, who's going down and won't be back until 2017. And it's going to be a, a, a lengthy rehab, extensive rehab, um, for him to come back from a completely torn ACL, dislocated, dislocated knee, and other structural damage to his knee. Talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, that's uh, very unfortunate about the uh, Teddy, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater injury. Um, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I saw a few of his college games, and, uh, you know, he looked like a real pro prospect uh, when he was playing at Louisville. And uh, I was very surprised that uh, uh, Zimmer stopped practice because, you know, you hear all this stuff in the NFL. It's the pros and, you know, somebody gets hurt, you know, next man up and life goes on. And But I guess because, you know, it was such a gruesome injury and it was, you know, a very promising young quarterback who uh, I think is also very popular with his teammates that uh, it hit the team kind of hard, uh, you know, uh it, and they they got to get another guy in there, you know. Uh, I know Norv Turner's the coordinator, one of the best offensive coordinators. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone available who's familiar with his system, uh, because they don't, you know, they got an undrafted uh, rookie uh, behind Sean Hill, and uh, you know Sean Hill hasn't played a lot, but he he. Uh, he got hurt a couple of years ago when uh, mm-hmm. he took over for Bradford. So, uh, right. you know, it's kind of like, you know, the backup quarterback is kind of like the vice president almost, you know. You know, the, uh, the, <laughs> yep. the, the quarterback, he's the president of your offense. And yep. you might not pay a lot of attention to that vice president, but that guy's important because he's one heartbeat away from uh, being the president. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of similar. Um, I mean, I've heard some talk this week about, People saying there should be uh, cap exceptions for uh, backup quarterbacks, but you know, the thing is, there's uh, there might not be 32 legitimate NFL starting quarterbacks. If teams were allowed to spend more money on backups, then maybe there'd be uh, less to go around, you know. So I, I guess it's part of the parity of the NFL. But I, I think a better thing might be. I don't know why they got rid of NFL Europe because that was looking like a good league to develop uh, quarterbacks because maybe that's what they need, you know, to develop quarterbacks because it's very hard to do with an NFL team because uh, it's not a position where you could uh, rotate guys in, you know, uh, they want the starter to get most of the practice reps, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of these guys from college really aren't NFL ready. So, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. All right. Um, during this past summer, I think it started in June, if I'm not mistaken. May or June, somewhere around there. Uh, Victor and I, uh, this, this is what we do uh, every year, um, break down each conference, each di- I mean, not conference, each division, AFC, West, South, East, North, uh, and the same with the NFC, east, west, uh, south, and north. And one of the teams in the AFC East, I said uh, the coach was on the hot seat. Uh, and Vic said uh, he didn't think so. Um, but uh, I'm reading an article coming from uh, com that uh, ESPN's Adam Kaplan believes Bill's coach, Rich Ryan, is squarely on the hot seat. There were rumors both Ryan and GM Doug Whaley were given playoffs or fired ultimatums this offseason, so it's not surprising to see Ryan listed on the hot seat. Now, he had an avalanche of injuries and some off-field issues have uh, maybe given Ryan a potential excuse for a bad season, but if he wins, all that is a moot point. But I got to believe that Rex Ryan, in my opinion, and, I, and uh, until the end of the season, I'll be proven right or wrong, is on the hot seat. If he doesn't win and the Bills haven't made the playoffs in a while and makes the playoffs, 
than um, the uh, uh, ownership of the Buffalo Bills be looking for another head coach. What's your thoughts? You know, it's so funny because you always hear about how tough the New York media is, how tough the New York fans are. Rex was loved in the New York area. Uh, I I think some of it had to do with um, his predecessor, uh, Mangini, uh, because he rubbed a lot of folks the wrong way. But, I, I mean... And, I mean, Rex's last year in New York, they, the Jets front office did not put a good squad together for him. And then, you know, Rex could be outspoken, but he's not a dummy. And he, he I don't think he publicly criticized the Jets, but, you know, you think he must have been ticked off because he his last year they had horrible weapons on offense uh, he didn't get the good corners you need to play his style of defense. And then he leaves the Jets, and then they start spending money like that movie Brewster's Millions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like... <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, I guess, uh, you know, with the new ownership in uh, Buffalo, maybe they want to bring in their own guy. Uh, maybe he should have something in his contract that if the team changes, own- changes ownership, he... He could opt out of the contract because sometimes guys have that in their contract. Um, you know, it, it it didn't click last year in Buffalo for Rex uh, mm-hmm. for for whatever reasons, but they did let him bring in his brother as defensive coordinator. Um, and uh, you know, you never know. But also, you know, besides that, the media in New York liked him and uh, the the fans. But also the players like him a lot, too. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure he'll have no trouble getting a job as a defensive coordinator if he gets let go in Buffalo. Um, You know, uh, but, you know, I I mean, NFL coaches really don't have a lot of job security unless you're Jeff Fisher for some reason, Uh, (laughs) you know. uh, Yeah, right. You know, they they just don't. And... uh, you know, at the end of the year, there's usually at least a half dozen head coaches that get fired, and, and usually one of them is a bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, it, it's the uh, nature of the business. Well, uh, we had talked about this before, Jeff. I had stated my case about Rex Ryan. Uh, the last two seasons that he was with the Jets, two, three seasons, whatever it was, uh, his defense had progressively gone downhill. And um, that's one of one of the reasons, besides not winning, that's one of the reasons why he is no longer coaching the Jets. He goes to a, de- a team that was a very strong defensive team the season before he got there. And I know he, he changed the defense, but there was disgruntlement with the defensive players uh, because they were put, put in uh, not – put in positions for them to really display their talents. And quite naturally, the defensive uh, performance degraded greatly last year. Um, And I had told you before that the Rex Ryan that first came with the Jets and had a defensive philosophy that wrecked havoc on – NFL teams is, in my opinion, no longer. Uh, he, he's progressively last two seasons with, with the Jets, and this last that's three seasons in a row. That is, his defense is his, this is supposed to be a defensive guru, a defensive guru. That's one of the reasons why he gets hired as a head coach. Three seasons in a row, his 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 defenses have performed below par. Uh, and I can understand why this season he may be put on the hot seat because his name, even though he has a twin brother with him, um, it could be a whole bunch of hype and, and not enough substance behind that hype. Uh, uh, the, the Ryan name, Buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan, Rob Ryan, uh, these are the Ryan, um, the Ryan family that knows defense. Well, Rob Ryan was in in um, 
uh, New Orleans, and they had one of the worst defenses in the league in back-to-back years. Rex Ryan, three years straight where his defense is, is, is below par. Um, if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, and it walks like a duck, to me, it's not going to change. It's going to still going to be a duck. I'd be extremely surprised if this defense um, takes a step, a huge step up, because it has to. This is supposed to be the Ryan brothers. They're supposed to be together now. They're supposed to have one hell of a defense. They should be a top five, if not a top ten defense. Um, you got to, I got to see it to believe it. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, the league's figured out uh, the Ryan defense after all these years. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it could happen. That's why, uh, you know, guy, guys, guys uh, sometimes can't coach forever. Guys can't win forever. Uh, you know, it's it's a very competitive league. Uh, you know, hey, you know, if that if, even if that's true, hey, you know, Rex had a great run. Uh, you know, he was a very successful coordinator in Baltimore uh, before becoming head coach of the Jets. Uh, very accomplished, but uh, you know, maybe the rest of the league caught up. All right, let's move this way. NFL draft. I hate to to to, to jump uh, 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 into 2000, 2017, but it's coming to the neighborhood near you, Jeff. Uh, NFL announces the 2017 draft, which was held two times in the past two years in, in Chicago, is now going to go on to to make a trip to the. Um, brotherly city in Philadelphia. Uh, what's your thoughts? It's coming to a theater near you. The <laughs> NFL draft in Philly. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a tradition having it in New York all those years, and they had it yep. in Chicago for a couple of years. It just mm-hmm. goes to show you, and if NFL do anything to make a buck. And I'm sure you remember this. I remember when I was a kid when it wasn't even televised. Nope. Uh, I I remember as a kid, you know, running home from school to call up sports phone to hear who the Giants picked. Yep. Um, And, you know, look how far we've come. And all those years in New York, I, I never seriously thought about trying to get tickets to go to the draft because... I mean, I'm interested in the draft, but I don't. I, I didn't feel the need to be there. I, I just didn't think it was necessary, and it seemed like a lot of waiting and a lot of nonsense, and really not a lot of excitement. So uh, uh, I, ne- I never really had that urge. Okay, um, Jeff. You know, this is what we're going to do. Let me walk, let me walk back to this here. Real quick. Um, I'm gonna cut this. I'm gonna cut this show short, Jeff. I'm gonna cut it short. Um, I, I got something I gotta attend to. That came up in the last minute, and uh, uh, you need to get your uh, your rest for your back. So, uh, with that being said, you have anything that you want to say? Uh, um, before we um, walk out the door here? Well, I'd like to wish everyone luck uh, this year uh, for fantasy season. Uh, I think a lot. All three of my drafts were uh, uh, this past weekend because uh, I guess a lot of people didn't want to have it on Labor Day. And, and it, I don't like them too early, but I like to have a little time, you know, to set your lineup, check waivers, you know, try to make a trade. So it's good to have a little bit of time between the draft and uh, the kickoff. And, uh, yeah, it starts Thursday night, and then uh, the full slate is Sunday. And uh, uh, I feel good about my drafts, which you should feel good. But you don't want to fall in love with your team because some guys will do that, and then they'll they'll waste a roster spot or two for guys who just aren't producing, and uh, that's not Mm -hmm. good uh, management. So, uh, you know... 
uh, it's finally here, so let's enjoy it. All right. All right, Jeff. Um, for those who are listening tonight, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon coming up is when Victor and I will be the, on the FSP show. Uh, we'll be uh, talking about, more likely talking about fantasy and uh, anything else that may come to mind. He probably wants to bring up Kaepernick. I didn't want to do that tonight. Um, and then on, not on Sunday. Sunday I have a draft at the same time as my, uh, again, as my um, uh, uh, normally the master plan. So instead of Saturday, I mean, excuse me, Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time, it will be on Monday, uh, Monday morning, Labor Day morning. Uh, some people will be around. Some people won't. It is what it is. Uh, but I'll be talking about the upcoming uh, week, uh, especially the Thursday games that are, that are going to be played uh, as it pertains to fan- excuse me, the fantasy and uh, how I see the fantasy weekend um, coming up. Uh, and... Uh, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, which is September the 5th instead of Sunday, September 4th. So with that being said, uh, Jeff, I appreciate you um, being a trooper to uh, get through this with uh, your back issue. Hope you feel better. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, people, uh, enjoy the rest of the night of football, even though it's preseason and guys are really not uh, the, the ones that you really, really want to watch, but it's football. And then uh, we'll get ready for the real thing starting Thursday night, a week from tonight, uh, with the real deal. See ya. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, yeah.